0: Back to another episode of 99 Potions, and I can say without a doubt that each and every person on this particular premiere RPG podcast of the FanBite Network is unbothered, moisturized, happy, in our lanes, focused, and flourishing, because I am Stephen Strum, Managing Editor of FanBite.com, and I am joined by one Imran Khan, News Editor of FanBite.com.
2: I am staying in my own lane.
0: Fantastic. That's good.
2: Yeah, I'm tagging myself from that intro, and I choose mm. staying in my own lane.
0: Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. That's kind of your class pick that you've you've decided on. You've right. kind of decided on your main job. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Natalie, uh, featured contributor of fanbyte.com. What class do you pick?
1: I pick moisturized because mm. no matter how badly I might be doing at any given moment, I know that the next day when I wake up and I see my face after having put on all my skincare, I'm like... It could always be worse. It could be worse.
0: <laughs> it's incredibly true. And I definitely know things could be worse for one set of large <laughs> media at fanbite.com. John Warren, I think you're allowed to pick more than one from this list.
3: I'm not even on the same highway all around. So I, can't <laughs> even pick lane. I can't even pick a lane. And so- Flourishing is like a... Flourishing is an interesting way to say uh high on prescription narcotics from post operation that I had a few days ago. Yeah, but yeah. I am flourishing in that regard, I do feel like. So Such I am a... head of large, head head of hole. There's a hole in my head now mm. where some teeth mm. used to be. And oh, no. I filled it with narcotics. Hi. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you take
0: them. You put them on. Un- a lot of people say put them under your tongue, but no, it's actually you want to kind of like uh, have a tooth removed and let it kind of dissolve on the gum.
3: Sure. Yeah. It goes straight into the blood that way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Bypasses the liver. I'm a medical doctor. Mm
1: hmm. <laughs> also, Just before like we us. move on. Yeah. Can we do like a little embarrassing like inauguration for Emron as an official RPG pal. hmm.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Let's do it.
1: Exactly, it. Emron. Welcome to the RPG pals.
3: <laughs> I <feel> am <laughs> welcome. I feel. I mean, he's welcome. sort
1: of been an unofficial member for quite some time since we rope him into these episodes so often, but we decided to make it official in the last week. Congratulations, I'm gonna, Emron.
2: I'm gonna do the thing where like I I work very hard to join and then immediately quit yeah
3: that's a good I love that that's like a good work ethic that I want to start applying to my life I think so yeah but welcome thank you
1: that's at the beginning of every semester right like you try really hard and then it's like oh, oh what's the point
3: don't get me started my my psych professor this was like right when I decided to basically stop doing psych and go into communications and media she wanted me to do this uh, uh, like a Not a dissertation, because I wasn't getting my doctorate, but like a big thesis. Um, And I don't, she just tried to convince me forever. And I was finally like, that seems like a lot of work, Lisa. I don't want to do it. (laughs) And she was like, okay. And then, yeah, it's been weird between us ever since. But what's up, Lisa Brown? You're great. Yeah, You're really Lisa good. Brown. This episode dedicated to Lisa Brown. Lisa Brown, who is currently she, I think she's in remission from cancer, and her celebration from oh. doing that was to uh, 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 do a marathon in literally every state in the union, and she's up to like thirty-six.
1: Ah. Oh my so god! I'll, I'll
3: I'll never fucking do anything that cool. Yeah. So
1: she is.
0: Anyway. Do they have marathons in Alaska?
3: I have no. <laughs> now now okay. your, what do you think a marathon is steven i think you could make a marathon anywhere
0: well yeah but like i don't know is she just doing it solo like i always think yeah like, when I think I think she's of a marathon, like
3: finding friends in these spaces and okay. going on a, like i think it's a half marathon too i don't think it's a marathon oh okay. but uh uh well, which makes that. it so much easier i'm just kidding <laughs> um And uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, she's doing cool. Anyway, wow, what a weird, huh? Weird segue, weird uh, tangent I went on. But anyway, that's what the
1: drugs do. Shout out to Lisa.
3: Shout out to Lisa. Shouts out to Lisa, and shouts
0: out to our very favorite villains from the Final Fantasy franchise, which is what we've decided to talk about today. To kind of give ourselves an easy lift, as we that was a uh, good
1: segue though. Yeah. Good.
0: good job. <laughs> Thank you. I thought so too. Thank you very much. I appreciate like all the praise and stuff like that. Like if you could just kind of do that anytime I talk, that'd be great. Please. Oh wow. Okay. We got you. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to be talking about uh some of our favorite villains in the Final Fantasy franchise this week, as John is uh, as he said, kind of Kind of ha- one foot in the International Space Station this week, I would say.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> you're like Renoa. Like I'm
3: calling in. We found a phone <laughs> in the International Space Station. I'm calling in, yeah.
1: You're like Renoa, heartily, in Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> you know, oh, you're wow. floating in space, and we are Squall on our way to save you and bring you into the airship.
3: Was um, there a toilet on the Ragnarok?
0: I don't remember when I just played that game not too long ago. I don't remember
3: either.
1: I feel like you would remember that if it was in there.
3: Yeah. yeah. They
2: weren't there that long, though. Like,
3: yeah, no. the whole thing was well, like two hours. No, but I mean, then you get the Ragnarok and you can, well, that's right. But canonically, they didn't have it for that long. You're right. Right. Anyway, I mean, so maybe they
1: just didn't this- need to pee in that time, you know? That's
3: Do you think true. they just peed out
2: the airlock?
1: Or maybe Renault peed in her suit.
2: <laughs> there, were, there were toilets in Balam Garden. I remember that. There, there okay. were. Yeah. Okay.
3: So the game well, is aware that people need The, the game community. is aware of bathrooms. Yes. Yeah. It's
2: yeah.
1: where of ladder systems.
0: Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII was developed by 3D Realms, so it does have working flushing toilets. So that's like kind of just a good sign of <laughs> I mean, quality.
2: Drinking is the original draw system, honestly mmm wow <laughs> interesting
0: you take it into yourself you get better stats definitely interesting
1: <laughs> is that what happened with John right now
3: <laughs> yeah I drew confused did you technically did juncture something into you I, I did junction I think I got Diablos st- uh, in me and I junction confused to my head stat <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: yeah. <what> I <laughs> Oh, uh, who says Final Fantasy VIII is bad when it can bring us such a joy?
3: It's not bad. It's who not says bad. It's the bad. people who say it's
0: bad. I think
1: people, people say are that turning lot, around on it. So there's like, John- I feel oh. like in the last two years, I've seen a lot of Final Fantasy VIII praise that I'm like, okay, fine. I'll welcome you all in, fashionably late nerds. <laughs> <nurse." Yeah.
2: laughs> there's been a weird thing in like wrestling events recently where people wrestling. are just like, having an argument yes. through signs about yeah. Final Fantasy VIII. And like... It's mostly negative. And I'm like, you people have two bad opinions now, wrestling and video games. Oh. Well, the worst one, the worst one I saw. And and if you're out there, That's
1: an attack eight, on John.
2: if you're out there, <laughs> AEW
3: fan, um, feel free to join our Discord fan by and, and explain yourself. But someone did at the last uh, AEW Dynamite event uh, last Wednesday, did have a sign that said Quest 64 greater than Final Fantasy VIII, which is the fucking wrongest and rudest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life.
0: That's picking a fight. That's intentionally starting a fight.
3: That's just, that's like me going into my college dorm and saying, uh, I think the Beatles suck, which I used to do a lot to make people angry. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Anyway.
1: Why? Oh, Just to make people mad?
3: Well, I don't like the Beatles, but okay. like, yeah, it, it also was a, th- a shorthand for me to go in and like make some of the worst people I knew irrationally angry as fast as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was a nightmare in college. Anyway. No, that sounds cool though. Like that. Lisa sounds might way agree. Better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like people are coming around to it. Oh, by the way, we. I. I. I don't want to. I don't want to like call it. Too early, but I do think we there is a very cool comprehensive piece about those signs going up on the site pretty soon Ooh. on the wrestling section. Mm. So it's pretty cool. i just uh, say that
1: I like the one that said Persona Five sucks.
3: Wow. Wow. Okay.
2: I don't think this Persona is where Five we sucks. Are right now. Persona Five is just too long. It is too long of a video game. It does so not long. need to be that long. It's so long. So yeah. true.
3: Anyway, villains. Sorry.
0: <laughs> right, so we're here to talk about, as you've almost certainly guessed by now, Final <laughs> Fantasy villains, and our favorite ones throughout the franchise. We thought that'd be kind of a fun, light lift for us to talk about on this year episode while uh, we're kind of getting reacclimated. acclimated uh, Been a busy old time here at fanbyte.com. We got some cool shit coming in the next month or two. Yeah, we've put we put up yeah.
1: some cool shit. Yesterday we, we put yeah. up uh, a cover story, our first cover story written by Ken Shepard on the Indie RPG series, Mass Effect.
4: And <laughs> mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm.
1: very holistic and complicated uh, relationship to queerness. Like, it is his magnum opus. Like, Elise and I, Elise Favis, known bully and features and trending editor at fanbyte.com. And I edited it, and it was just a joy to look over that. Um, it's just a very detailed... Um, dissection into the the queerness of that series both in the games and in the context surrounding it um we had a a review of 12 minutes uh by funke joseph go up today um last week we had imran break the xenoblade chronicles 3 news i believe
3: i mean yeah last week yeah Yeah, that was last week that was good can you believe that seems like a calendar year ago yeah Uh
1: right and i believe you talked about it on this week's thanks for the knowledge i did did. let me ask you
2: a question natalie did you try to get elise bumped off the mass effect thing because she loves thane and that's a like automatic disqualification
1: bumped off
2: yeah like she can't she can't edit this because her opinions on Mass Effect romances are wrong.
1: No, right? no. I'm like, okay, so my internal role at Fanbyte has shifted a little lately. Um, right now, I am doing a lot of editing in the background, mostly with freelance pieces. But since that piece was very um, extensive, I looked over it with Elise. Uh, she had done a lot of the work like beforehand, so I just like... Went in in okay. the final stages, um, but I was I was quite nice to her as I usually am. I, I did not boot her off. That
2: was an entirely uh, serious answer to me just talking shit about things. Yeah, that was like a <laughs> like, very like
3: <laughs> uh, it, it was strange because I fully expected you to like lean into the bullying of Elise yeah. too, but you didn't. So no,
1: because I think <laughs> my bullying is good enough. On its own merits that I don't have to compensate through any instances in which I did not intentionally bully her. The ones in which I do are already powerful enough.
3: So basically what Natalie said is that at least like like imagine a cleaning service. And Elise did every single bit of the work. And then Natalie came in and did, like, the finger dust test and took credit for the editor.
2: That's what it it's actually really brilliant, though, because by not bullying Elise, she has sandbagged my joke and thus bullied me. Yeah, Elise. right. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you did turn this into kind of an Imran bullying opportunity. And yeah. I
1: did tell Imran that I wasn't going to bully him today. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, that was not... My intention, sir, I please take this as my most <laughs> sincere, genuine, trustworthy.
3: I think Natalie is my favorite villain
2: of family. <laughs> I think when you attach trustworthy to it unprompted, then it becomes like a little bit more suspicious.
1: Yeah, I was hoping you would catch on to that. I'm I'm glad the hero of the hour has caught on to it. Thank you.
3: Steven take control of the situation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you with see the why we it? wanted to have Emron on?
3: <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Steve would take control of us. I will. Ju- anyway, definitely yeah, anyway. busts through the wall. We pushes have a real into life the dirt.
1: villain here, but we are going to focus on fictional Final Fantasy villains from now on.
0: Yes. The with real life that. villain is
1: Emron, not me. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is a red and bit like every time I try to talk yeah, it's, it's just a- Natalie just fucking cocks a gun at the back of my head
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair Aaron started it
2: by uh, asking you a totally normal what? question Steven, Steven it's it's, take control it's like you watch a car crash through the wall and you're just like trying to figure out what do I do ne- like what is the order of operations to figure out how to deal with this right now yeah,
3: yeah Natalie rear-ended someone and then like pulled out a
2: bazooka and then yeah. kept shooting the car <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Natalie in a hot dog costume. I mean, that's what out. I did or when we were playing Final Fantasy
1: XIV, right? Like, yeah, I just kind yes. of behind you and Bazooka everything.
3: God, that was way. so much fun. Yeah, we got to do that this week.
1: Anyway. Yeah, it's and, been a while since we did that.
0: And with the release of Final Fantasy XIV, uh, the the upcoming release of Endwalker, we're surely going to have some really great new villains. And I think we'll probably talk about some great villains from Final Fantasy XIV today. Because that is the topic of the hour, but I don't think we're just limited to Final Fantasy fourteen, though. It will come nah. up. Um, I think we can just. I, I'm actually kind of like curious if everybody on this call has a favorite Final Fantasy villain, just like off the dome, or if you can make that. Yeah. Call.
4: <laughs> okay. Yeah, <I> do. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Gary says Jordo, our producer. So you know, um, I love Gary. Who could Forget <laughs> who could forget that uh,
2: classic, classic villain. I think, like for me, it's all. There's an obvious answer, and then there's like a battle for second place. Because like the obvious answer for me is Kefka.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Is everyone here, has everyone been like between Kefka and Sephiroth team Kafka, Or has anyone been like, nah, Sephiroth is the better I'm, villain
3: in this car? I'm, I'm actually kind of team, and this is maybe the naysay, like the total like contrarian in me. But I'm kind of like, I don't know about them. Like They're mm. fine. I like Kafka. This makes people of you
2: going into a room and being like the Beatles suck. Yeah, yes. well, a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, just just, just walking rooms. Kafka
3: sucks. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think Kefka sucks. I think Kefka is really cool, and I think like I love especially the the sound effect of his laugh that they that they so attached. Good. It's so
1: <laughs> <good>. it's so <laughs> so so so
3: good. Wait, that sounded um, more
1: like a dog. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think
3: I think Kafka is an is an interesting villain that needs a, another look more than Sephiroth needs another mm. look. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I say I'm closer to Team Kefka, but I do I like others I like others from other games to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Sephiroth in particular, we've talked about this before. I think with the Final Fantasy VII remake spoiler cast, I think Sephiroth suffers from a lot of the same thing that. Cloud does, which is like our collective cultural memory of that character is very different than what that character is actually presented as in the game, which is I think like, you know, Sephiroth is like a cool villain and stuff like that. And like a big larger than life figure eventually. But we see a lot of his backstory is just like a normal person. And then over the course of Advent Children and Crisis Core and all this stuff, he's just been animated and nomura up to the point where he's yeah. just like basically not a person anymore. Yeah. He's like a, a force of nature um, covered in buckles and leather. And that's, that has its place, but it's also just like very different from like, I think what we actually experienced in the nineties yeah. for that character Whereas Kefka hasn't had that like cultural shift. I don't think.
2: Sephiroth doesn't have like machinations. He's yeah. A very strong, very crazy dude, and that like yeah. that's what's scary about him is you don't really kn- he. There's a bunch of things that go on with Sephiroth, but like he's mostly not in control of all like everything up until the northern crater. I think it's just like yeah. all that stuff. It just you know clones and Genova and uh-huh. uh, a, an agenda that's kind of out of his control. And then when he actually does show up, it's like oh cool, now the real Sephiroth is here. But he's not that much of a character. He is just no. like. He is going to do a thing that will end the world, but beyond that, you don't really know that much about him outside of backstory. So, like, as you've gone further, I think Crisis Core did a lot of interesting things with him. I think Seven Remake introduces him in a way that's, like, interesting because it's the first time you really see him doing anything overtly villainous of, I have a plan, I have an agenda, I have a thing that I'm just not going to say, and that makes it scarier.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And he feels like he, I mean, he at the very end of that game works into the meta narrative. This is light thematic spoilers. I won't go into too deep of detail because I don't think we need to here. But like there is a there is a theme of taking control of your own destiny that I think is actually like really interesting for Sephiroth to play into at the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake because he is a character, like you said, that is so out of control of his own actions throughout most of that original game that like for him to be here and say like, ah, yes, I am trying to take control of events and the flow of events right now just the same way that your party is but i'm doing it by myself for myself whereas you guys are doing it you know as a team and eventually you know more as like a family type unit and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh in a very interesting
3: way family sorry that was my (laughs) impression of vin diesel saying no (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, Imran, what do you like about what? What do you? What's what's stands out uh, uh, for you about Kefka?
2: So Kefka, I mean, if you go by pure accomplishment, he he won. He like, actually yeah ends he did the world. It. Yeah. He did the damn thing.
1: He huh? does the thing.
2: But also like he, that's what make what makes him scary and interesting as a villain is that you never get the sense he is at the top of his limit that he is going Mm -hmm. all out completely and if he does go all out it'll be very bad for everybody and like he Mm -hmm. he does become a god in that game like within that game he becomes a god and this I get the feeling he only lost because he didn't really know how to control it not because anyone was really more powerful than him and you kind of watch him because he's the most consistent character in that game because it's a an ensemble cast so you don't really focus on any one person but you watch him go from like A kind of terrible person that poisons a castle and kills some children (laughs) to like literal deity that is just destroying like the world because he feels like it. And I think that escalation is something that like it took the FF seven anthology multiple games to get Sephiroth that far. Most Mm -hmm. most of the Final Fantasy games they either have a god or they don't. They don't have someone become a god and then like fail miserably at it. So like (laughs) I think Kefka was like just an interesting thing of. I, I I want to I want to watch the villain become more powerful alongside my party. And yeah. a, eventually that does come to a clash of like two opposing powerful forces. Yeah. Two, two opposing philosophies on like what power means and how to acquire
0: it and what to use it for. Like that's like really interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Right, and yeah. I, or earlier today, or earlier today, as if we recorded this podcast, any other day, uh, just like a few minutes ago, we were talking about how up until a certain point, you don't really have a backstory for Saphiroth, but like even after the end of Final Fantasy VI, you don't really have much of a backstory for Kafka either. Like I like that the the story doesn't really it doesn't try to. Sort of explain why he's so vile. It's not like here's a tragic backstory. Um, yeah, he's just as a dick. White Kafka. Yeah, <laughs> Kafka's yep. just wild. And from the beginning of the game, like it's not like it. It doesn't bother building up to that. It's just like. Immediate, like he poisons like this entire castle. And he's just so memorable from the off-star. I I will never forget the quote where he goes, There's a reason oppose rhymes with dispose. If they get in your way, kill them. I think that's just like it was so interesting to me as someone who kind of went through most of the mainline mainline fan Final Fantasies before Final Fantasy VI, just to see that they didn't bother wasting time building him up. Like they were yeah. just like, yeah, he, this guy's a freak. He's not
2: sympathetic at all either. Like with like say Kuja or Sephiroth, they'd be like, Oh, well they had these like things happen to them. And I can totally understand why they ended up doing the things they did, even if i like, or going crazy or whatever that like led to them being the villain. Kefka is just like, Oh, he's just a jerk that wants to kill people. That's his whole thing.
1: He's Cry. like a
2: baby. He's the Joker,
1: baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, uh, but like those like, things about Kuja, for example, make him as memorable of a villain as he is. But it's not necessary. Like yeah. a redemption arc is just or or like a redemption sort of story or sympathetic backstory is not necessary for every villain. And I like that yeah. for Kafka, they were just like it's not necessary here. We're not I, We're not gonna bother.
3: I, I think Final Fantasy VI's direction did kefka a lot of good in the sense that they stayed with the castle poisoning for so long like you Mm -hmm. really you watch that play out i didn't play six until i was in my 20s and and i you know i was like okay i gotta play this to just you know have this classic game in my back you know in my experience and i fully expected to be uh, underwhelmed, I guess, because at this point I was very much into the PS1 and PS2 era RPGs. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going back to old shit. It may not hold up, but I thought six held up really well. Um, especially with that castle poisoning scene, they really stick with it. They really like stick the landing on how like tough that is to just watch, you know, mm-hmm. that whole mm-hmm. thing play out. And I think that did a lot for, uh, uh, I think that did a lot for Kefka in the same way that the FF7 remake made the plate destruction so protracted Mm -hmm. that it was much more effective in the remake than it was in the original, to me.
0: It's something Um, that I think, like, video games have—it's not just video games, I guess. Like, there was—there's definitely, like, this push from the 80s to, like, the early 2000s of, like— more trying to push for morally gray characters because that's what maturity looked like. It looked like, well, this character is bad because they have a traumatic backstory or and stuff like that. And I think that gets into some weird trappings of like almost victim blaming in some cases um, mm-hmm. of stuff. And something like I actually always a lot of the Wolfenstein games for doing really well. The modern Wolfenstein games of just like accurately capturing the banality of evil a lot of the time because like right. in real life. Uh, Evil does not always is not usually the result of somebody has like a really horrible life as a child or whatever. It's actually usually the opposite. It's usually that they don't see people as people because they've never had to worry about anything in their life, because they are were born into power, they were born into wealth, you know, various things like that. And so the reason they do bad things is because they just don't see the people beneath them as worth caring about in those kinds of ways. And I think like in this pursuit of looking for moral gray areas and like that's what maturity looks like this narrative that that's what a mature interesting story has to be we kind of lost sight of that at a certain point and uh, there was almost this pushback for a long time about like characters not being deep enough because they were just evil for evil's sake but Mm -hmm. that's literally how it is a lot of the time in real life as well uh and i'm always kind of a sucker when i see games do that because i think games in particular have a bad track record of just letting that be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially
1: yeah. RPGs as a genre. It's very yeah. like villain that you must take down to whether it's God or someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, RPGs
0: are so yeah. long, right? They have yeah. so much runway that they have to fill with stuff. And it's like, well, what do we do? Let's let's focus on this on this villain and their tragic backstory. God, like not to not to make a tangent into another franchise, but I just beat Final or, or Fallout 4 not too long ago. And that game has this really fucking awful late game reveal of like this character that shows up about and within the first like five minutes of that game who comes in mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the guy who comes in um, for people who have maybe played the beginning of Fallout 4 and shoots your partner and takes your baby and that's like what kicks off all of Fallout 4. There's this super long and, like the last act of the game you'd never see that guy and then there's this long protracted sequence of like and here's his entire tragic backstory he was married and he had a wife and his yeah. wife got killed um, by bandits okay. and you're going to walk through his memories that's <laughs>
1: awful i, I was hate good, it. i was gonna say because like immediately i'm thinking up until that point where you're like oh they explained his like entire exposition at the end i was like there's definitely a way that you can do that supremely well like final fantasy VIII's Ultimacia, like that is sort of my favorite example of a villain that you barely ever see comes in at the end right. and remains memorable and maybe if they had just like not bothered with all that exposition to make him sympathetic they could have had like an interesting villain but yeah that's quite Mystery hard is to fun. Do. yeah it's quite hard to do i think final fantasy a as we were talking so positively about it earlier just excels at it's just at it's mysteries even now like as debunked as like you know, Squall is dead and Renoa <laughs> is Ultimicia, as debunked as those theories have officially been. There are some people who still believe in them. And I think that's a testament right. to uh, the mysteries of Final Fantasy A, and also just like all the speculation about who Ultimicia is. And they're not concerned with telling us like ever, really. And I think that's refreshing as well. Sort of like the other side of the coin or like not the other side of the coin, but s- sort of like a... A different take on, like, not explaining a villain, um, not making them sympathetic. Like, another version of that is just not really explaining them at all.
0: Yeah.
2: And I she, think
1: that's cool sometimes.
2: She is definitely. their daughter, though, right? Like, that is a, the commonly accepted theory.
0: I've definitely heard that theory. I don't know how commonly what? accepted it
2: is. Because, like, she has Grievous as a summon. Right. Which is We're
3: Griever. Griever. Yeah. Griever. Yeah. Squall's thing. <laughs> Squall, Wait,
1: Imran, I have I never you this the theory. I've you never heard I've never heard that theory. Imran, can you I've tell never us about this theory? theory.
3: I,
2: like,
1: do you know it off the top of your head?
2: Off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it was just like, she is either Squall and Rinoa's daughter or like somewhere down the line. And they just passed that like Squall's chain thing down to her at some point. Wow! Because I've imagine, always can heard
1: can you, that. That can like... you imagine being
3: that that being your legacy? I pass this dumb little pendant down <laughs> and, to people. Not like you know we were good or we did things for the world. It's like this fucking lion pendant thing. Um, That's so never funny, I've never heard
1: that. Yeah, I've heard that specific piece of evidence tied to Renoa being Ultimicia because of like you know. The Griever and the connection to Squall, but I had never heard of Ultimisia being their daughter. See, that speaks or to their
0: descendant. Yeah.
1: yeah, that speaks to the mysteries of, like just what I was saying. That's so cool. I mean, like, it's so obviously not true, but it's cool. <laughs>
3: wow, <laughs> wow. I'm gonna have to dive into that theory after this call, because I'm very interested. I think I was
1: just like, Right, like like, but that like was my maybe I'm just talking shit and I'm not seeing
2: like, no, like I'm great. gonna look
1: into that just because I find that so interesting. It's but I feel definitely like in,
2: interesting. In like circa 1999, internet that was like the the thing going around.
3: Sure, yeah, I I, I remember Squall is dead really well. I just I yes. don't think I've ever heard. This one specifically, daughter. but I kind of yeah. love it. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into it after it, this. It,
0: it really speaks to like how good an open ended mystery like that can be, though. That not everything needs to be explained sure. because, like, we're still talking about it 20 years later or whatever. Yeah. right. Because
2: the right. real villain of Final Fantasy VIII is like existential dread and what are we doing with our lives and stuff yep. like that. Mm-hmm. So, like the actual vi- like the corporeal villain does not really matter that much. They can be just tagged on at the end because mm-hmm. th- I don't know what. 10 years from now looks like and that's scary yeah Mm -hmm.
1: that's another testament to all this i'm going to retract the stupid shit that i said about it (laughs) (laughs) about it obviously not being true like i don't know maybe maybe you know there's room there's if there's you know textual support for that which like it seems there's enough for people to have created this theory i can't just say like it's not true. So I retract that and <laughs> we'll use it to bolster the point of, hey, Final Fantasy VIII is really fucking good. Like, we're still talking about it. it's Mysteries 20 years later. Can't believe it was ever considered not good. Fools.
2: <laughs> I think the opposite of that is Final Fantasy 13 where like, God, what was his name?
1: Barthand, Barthandalus.
2: Barthand, like the, the old priest guy where yeah. I yeah. did not even understand that game well enough to know what his motivation for being right. a villain was. No. Right.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's too
0: many proper nouns in that game. It's like falsy, oh, lossy, cocoon, yeah. pulse. As like,
1: someone who loves that game, I did not understand any of its villains yeah. besides the hot woman. But, uh, not, uh, not here, here's what jill i remember about
3: jill, jill bot, yeah. yeah here's what i remember about his boss music is like the dopest song so
1: good know, mm.
2: the soundtrack that that ga- really game had go a good. fantastic i i think about 13 not as bad as people think but there's a the story that's bad though. yeah like the game has no plot it is let's just run away for a while and then we fight bartender And we're like wait yeah. what if we run back into Bartandalus? and that's it that's the entire <laughs> story <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Ragnarok like, at the end. Yes, just like, yeah. Which is
2: like, that game, clearly Fang and uh, Vanille. Vanille were supposed to be the main characters, right? Yes. Clearly. But like, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't follow them well enough. So like, there's this whole plot that just sort of kind of happens in the background. But you don't because you're with lightning and hope and snow most well, of it. You don't really see. They that. were
0: literally they were literally told to like, hey, add cloud but a girl, right? Like that's how lightning came to be. Was they mm-hmm. were, that
2: was her original design? Sure. But so the problem was they had not written that game by the time they announced it. So mm. they made a CG trailer of lightning fighting some soldiers and were like, oh shit. We can't go back on this now. (laughs) We've written this story. (laughs) Like, Lightning still has to be the main character because that's what we marketed. So,
1: I didn't know that.
2: (sighs) Like, so yeah, it it created a lot of problems for that game. But I think Barthanalyst is one of the symptoms of them of like, he's not a good villain because I don't understand what he wants or what he wants to do or why he's doing any of it.
0: I cannot even, I beat that game. And I could not conjure a single image in my mind of what he looks like or what he sounds
2: like. He like, looks like uh, the Pope. He's old. Yeah, He just sure. looks like the Pope. I, I Imagine think, a Pope. When I think of him, I Evil end up thinking pope. of the Pope from Devil May Cry 4. Okay. Which thinking is, of Jude Law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking of Jude Law. Okay, listen, listen, not, not a
3: cool Pope, a regular Pope.
1: I just uh, wrote this weekend that I am willing to fight my wonderful co workers about Final Fantasy 13 soundtrack being it's the best. best of the last decade. Oh, it's good. Because, like, the, the oh, best, best of this, the best of the last decade, at least, because, like, okay, right now, because, like, the Shadowbringers soundtrack just went up on Spotify. So, this decade, Shadowbringers. Last decade, oh. it was Final Fantasy 13. And then the You're decade not- before that was Final Fantasy 8.
0: So you're delineating between like 2020 to 2010. You're not saying of the last 10 years from starting from now going backwards. Because Final
1: Fantasy 13 came out, what was it? 2009 was it? So yeah, so in like the last decade, um, Shadowbringers is the best one. Mm -hmm. Did I answer Mm -hmm. that question? I don't think I did. Like once we start talking numbers, my brain just goes brown. And again, like Natalie put it out.
2: Jill Navat, great like great character design. I'm pretty sure she has two lines that entire game.
1: Yeah, yeah. She,
3: she
2: doesn't do okay, a lot. Okay, it
1: came out March 9, 2010. <sighs> is she like the evil lady with glasses? Yes. Yeah. yes, she, has, she The hot one. Yeah. yeah.
2: It feels like somebody yeah. would just like, hey, we designed this character. Do we use her for anything? Like uh, <laughs> Stick her in a cutscene, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Final
1: Fantasy 13 is so messy. <laughs> it,
2: is, it is the most AAA game of the last 10 years. Or last... Twelve years, I guess. Mm. Yeah, really. You think I so? they put so much production value in it. Like that thing still holds. Like if you there's a people that know this, but there's a S- Xbox One X patch for that game that honestly looks yeah. like a remaster.
0: That all three of them got yes. that.
2: Yeah, it looks amazing still.
1: It yeah. looks amazing. It holds up so well.
0: I've been meaning to go back and play 2 and 3 just because I know 3 is so weird because you're it's like a single player action
1: game yeah.
0: or like a
2: single character action game where
0: you play
1: and as you, lightning and you have like a just a perpetual time limit.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should play 3 it's like just like head rising. Yeah. Play 3 just for the weird dog. Like you're once no. you get to the dog you're fine. But like you need to see that dog. That they like They made a dog that is so low poly that it can rival N64 games of like how did you design this and they close up like the camera closes up on it too in a way that's like you know you have to know this is not what dogs look like <laughs> oh my god
0: i we should do an entire episode one of these days about just like the weird dogs in video games because this is just making me think about how i got an email this morning about like ace combat 7 getting new dlc do you remember the ace combat I do dog
3: remember the dog in ace combat yeah
0: What's Haunted. wrong with
1: the dog in Ace Combat?
0: <laughs> in Ace Combat, it's just a a plane game where you shoot. Whoa, my God. <laughs> All right, I've seen
1: that dog. <laughs>
0: Fucking I just shared a picture of the Final Fantasy 13 3 dog and
1: holy fuck. What did you look up just to see it for our viewers reference? Final Fantasy, 13, Final 13, Final Fantasy
2: 13 dog. dog. It's like the first yeah. picture. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs>
3: It's so sick. Like
2: it legitimately looks like a monster. Like it does. It looks like yeah. it.
3: It looks like um, it looks like someone that does like uh, uh, like on purpose bad like unreal art on YouTube. Like stuff like that. Like it looks like the person that did um. I don't remember the name of these videos. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yes, this is the fucking Ace Combat dog. I love this dog so
1: much. <laughs> is it just like a stock photo? Yeah, it's rendered? a JPEG around it's a
2: stock photo. <laughs> around three D models. So when the camera moves around them, that the dog doesn't rotate at all. Like, uh-huh. so good. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just yeah, like it's
0: standing perfectly still throughout this whole scene while they're moving around, and they are. Oh, CG we gotta
1: models. do this episode.
0: <laughs> uh, God, cryptid dogs in video games, but. Um, another- what are
1: some uh, in another definition of cryptic dogs leading to another Final Fantasy villain? Who should we talk about next?
0: <laughs> Thank you, Natalie.
3: For- Good job, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> great, like great segue. A plus this episode. Natalie. <laughs>
0: uh Yeah, uh I mean, the one that I want to talk about, because um I know Natalie has feelings about this <laughs> game. That, uh, Is
3: it Okay, we can. Be uh-huh. your turn. Has it not been your turn? No, <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm waiting. Like, okay, I'm... <laughs> Natalie, Natalie, oh, sure, what's, tell us about what's your favorite villain that you love? You've been so quiet.
1: <laughs> okay, well, if you insist. Um. Okay, so my favorite war criminal is Emmett Sol from Final Fantasy XIV. Um, okay, so we were talking about Sephiroth earlier, and like, not to toot my own horn because I'm extremely bad at that. Ask any of the people in this room um but I have two (laughs) articles maybe three yeah I think three or four articles that I'm actually proud of throughout my career and maybe the one that I'm most proud of happens to be my article on Emmett Selk over at VG247 um which just relaunched today actually congrats to everyone there especially Alex Donaldson we love you um and like Okay, let me just like read the intro paragraphs for this, okay? Because like I think, mm, okay, it will explain itself. Okay, so it starts. It's intentional, the way he walks away from the camera toward a monstrous wall of flames as the ominous music crescendos, mirroring one of the most iconic scenes in games. But where Final Fantasy VII's Sephiroth marched, Final Fantasy XIV's Emmet Salk almost drags his feet. His back is hunched, as it usually is, as if there is an invisible force weighing him down. Where Sephiroth was menacing because of the ease with which he flaunted his power, Emmett Salk is terrifying in how clearly his power is restrained at all times. How, over several eons, he has mastered the art of patience. He's also the hero of his own story. While Sephiroth wants to destroy the world, Emmet Salk wants to rescue it. And I just, like, I think I managed to encapsulate a little bit of why I love Emmet Salk so much. Like... We are talking about sympathetic backstories for villains, and it's. I definitely like, like, I have an issue when people act like Emmett Selk's very tragic backstory. Somehow, does it make him evil like he is evil like this is an imperialist warmonger who has conquered lands and people and has specifically sown seeds of chaos throughout time and different worlds just so that he can usher in the, the like the coming of his evil god, zodiac or maybe question mark evil, because like heidelin's kind of a sus bitch too, like we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like evan Selk is also just so complex and so refreshing in the humanity that he's given. Um I think there's there's just so much tragedy to this character, there's so much weight to to his sadness and like, ah, God, I have so many feelings, so it's hard for me to talk about Emmett Silk. So I was kind of delaying it because I'm like, when I talk about things that I really love, I struggle. Um, can I, can but I be I honest think, with you yeah, yeah. for a
3: second about Emmett Silk?
1: Yeah, he's ugly.
3: No, he sounds like a, a doctor in a tiny town to me. <laughs> Have you? Ever, hey, hey, you got your toast up? You should go see Emmett Selk. He'll, pay, he'll fix it right up. Oh,
2: yeah. All I know about Emmett <laughs> Selk, and this is especially funny considering Natalie, just like a very vehement and like, you know, passionate uh, advocating yeah. for him, is that people really want to fuck him. Like
1: <laughs> Oh, I wanna fuck
2: him. Like <laughs> yeah. You you wrote that Stardew story where people literally like modded the game to what include my first
1: Yeah. One of my first freelance pieces was for the fanbite is what if Emmett Selk was your, your boyfriend? boyfriend? Yeah,
3: it's a good one. And yeah. I stand by it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, of course I wanna fuck him, yeah. <laughs> imran what are you talking about you speak as if that's a rarity but yeah no, i'm no, not i'm, I'm saying <laughs> people,
2: people in general no, people, seem, people love this more skin. and more people are saying i want to fuck him
1: <laughs> right and it's a it, do you think he's ugly because like i don't maybe a i don't think day. i've
2: seen him at all period
1: uh, you haven't no. seen him i can
2: google an image right now <laughs> and
1: see. You can. see. you should do it he looks like a grandpa yeah, I mean, like I don't know.
3: Iman he's Silk not is, the
1: most unattractive I, dude. Like he could be soulless, but he's I think, not.
3: I think I think Silk is interesting looking. I'll say he's that he's
1: interesting looking. He's definitely. I think there oh, there Natalie. is an interview. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> uh,
2: you you can have better standards oh, than Natalie.
1: This. <laughs> I can, but also we're talking about the same woman who is deeply in love with soulless Dragon Age, right? So like you know, there's the. the there's a stereotype of the bisexual that like a bisexual woman has incredible taste in women, but her taste in men is just uh, absolute terrible. shit. Yeah, that's
4: that that's checks me. Out. I, yeah. I
1: fill every bisexual stereotype. So like, he's not soulless level, but I also know he's not. And I think there is an interview. I forgot exactly which one, but there is an interview out there where um, a journalist is talking to, I believe, the art director, and he basically says. Yeah, I didn't expect people to like Emmett Selk because I made him ugly. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically what he's implying. He's like, I'm surprised that people love him as much as they do because I did not intend that man to be pretty. Is uh,
3: is the text of Emmett Selk as interesting as the subtext? Like how like how mm-hmm. deep do they go in the game? Because I I'm not there yet. Like, mm-hmm. you know, very obvious.
1: That's why I want to refrain from saying too much. As well, well,
3: yeah, it's it's not that we need to spoil it, but I guess I guess I'm like, I'm 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 forty five levels into this game. I'm not through Realm Reborn yet. No, I you're not. I cannot I cannot tell you. Shut up, Natalie. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you an interesting villain in this game. So, what no. about Emmett Emmet Emic- Silk's arrival and and tenure in the game is like? I don't know. It's 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 such a departure from the Final Fantasy fourteen that I know so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe like think about, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what I'm asking. I guess I'm just like, it's it's interesting to me that Final Fantasy fourteen does not set anyone up to be a central figure for such a long time, and then it gets around to doing that.
1: Steven, I know that you really love at Selk as well, and I think you're more eloquent than me at talking about him. Would you like to answer this question?
0: No, yeah, I mean, Emmett Selk is absolutely my favorite Final Fantasy villain, but I wanted to stay quiet there because I actually thought your piece that you read was very, very good. I thought that was like a really great The summation of a lot of things about him. But yeah, like I think one thing that makes him stand out, especially in the context of Final Fantasy 14 villains, is that he's a villain you spend a lot of time with on Uh, screen. Yeah. Um, Like he calls
1: you his friends and he accompanies you on your journey. And he's like, yeah, I just I want to know more about you. And he'll literally just like follow you into the woods and just like be part of your party. And he'll comment on shit even while people tell him to shut up.
0: Yeah, like that's the big thing with him is that um, he comes in uh, at the very end of Stormblood, and then in Shadowbringers, literally does just accompany your party and says, "Like, listen." We've tried a lot of things. This evil organization, quote unquote, evil organization that you've been fighting throughout the game and the expansions has tried a lot of different shit. So what I'm going to try is maybe you guys are right. Maybe you guys have the, have the right way of doing things. Maybe you guys can do something interesting. So I will sit back here and I know you don't trust me at all, but I'm a, Demigod, So, like, <laughs> unless you have some way to kill me, it's it's not like you can uh, hurt me anyway. So I'm just going to hang out with you guys and uh, provide support and, like, literally help you and helps you throughout the story and gives you crucial information and stuff like that, like saves characters in your party when they mm-hmm. are like in at death's door and various other things, because he's like genuinely interested to see if you guys can pull off what you're trying to do, because he's like our goals kind of align in a bi- in a major way, and while the rest of my like partners in crime have always like really looked down on you folks, um, and not seen and like have basically worked against you because they don't see you as worthy of trying to make things right, like like or capable of it or smart enough because you're not like demigods like us. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what happens. And he spends that whole run of Shadowbringers with you doing that kind of role and mm. through him you get a lot of context about the the nature of the world of Final Fantasy 14 that you hadn't had up to that point. So he like literally does materially help you in major ways until, you know, finally um things come to a head in a specific way that I won't spoil. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because you mentioned specifically that, um, like his counterparts, he doesn't look down on you. Um, but I, it's, it's such a careful balance that speaks to the immaculate writing behind him that it's very easy to tell that he's actually the one who looks down on you the most up until that point, because he literally says at one point, I do not consider you to be truly alive. And he says it very casually. So he's like, Ergo, I will not be guilty of murder if I kill you. So like in a way, he doesn't look down on you. And he he's actually invested in seeing your potential as a warrior of light. But he also really just, he, he sees you as broken. He doesn't think you're an actual person. Right. To the point that he's like, if I kill you, that's not actually murder. Because you're not actually real.
0: Which is what all of the people, the Asians in this game, um, believe up to this point. That's why they think they're justified in doing the things that they do to try and save the world. Um, they're what they think of as being the world that matters, is because they don't see like the people through that are aren't like them as actually people because they live through an event that again I don't want to spoil too deeply, but they live through an event that to like to their eyes makes the world that you live in, Aeorzia and Gar- uh, Garlemald. Um, yeah feel like they're basically just like synthetic they're fake and so they don't count and so it doesn't count if they kill people and you know create empires and do all this horrible stuff because they're working towards like their ultimate goal will basically make all that stuff go away and be replaced by something else that they think is more important um and so you get insight into what the villains up to this point throughout the series have been believing about you the whole time, for the first time in Final Fantasy XIV. You get that direct insight into like, let me explain my actual stuff. And then the game isn't like, oh wow, he really has a point. We're not really people. It's just like, no, Fuck you. We understand your philosophy. We understand what you believe. And also we're going to fucking fight with till our last breath to to fight against that and prove you wrong. Even if it means we have to, like, come to blows about it, Um, which I think is also right. nice. It's just two differing philosophies, one of, that are incompatible because one of them is horrible. And your characters have to, like, acknowledge that, like, this is a person with a personality, but their personality is is incorrect. Their philosophy is bad and harmful and that's just how villains are a lot of the times is that Mm -hmm. they are just harmful people that believe what they believe but that doesn't make them right. Right.
1: Yeah. That
3: makes sense. It's interesting (laughs) how... Also, he's hot.
1: Yeah, he's hot.
3: (laughs) It's interesting how the... (laughs) 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 It's interesting how the community aspect of Final Fantasy fourteen allows that character to kind of like infiltrate the community mindset about, like, you know, we're going to... he His his ideal is to replace the community that you're playing in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, yeah. so that's an interesting angle that, you know, more than, you know, the actual just, like, text of the story, it's this kind of meta, you know, commentary on, like, yeah, like, none of y'all are important. Like, the real people who play and inhabit this world aren't important, which is, like... Right. I don't know. That's pretty. That is pretty interesting. I had not really considered that part of.
1: He's uh, such an interesting villain, John. You have to get to him. Yeah, I was well, like there's so much I'd love to say, but we want to preserve the best parts for you.
3: My goal is to be out of Realm Reborn by, by September. by September,
1: and then, yeah, and then I'll and get then.
3: to I'll get to level eighty by by October, but we'll yeah. see about that.
1: Dubious. Yeah, because it's been a while.
0: Imran, what's your progress like?
1: Uh, I started the
2: game and I joined a guild. That's pretty much it. That's All
0: right.
2: It. Excellent. Let's a go. friend bought me the, uh, the fatter cat mount, and so I, my new goal That's is so to get, get to where I can use that mount. Then take a screenshot. Then I'm probably going to stop until like October sometime.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the fat cat's really good. Yeah, it's a good. Good mount. Is anyone willing to go to bat for Ject?
0: Uh, Are we saying that Jekt is the villain, the main
3: villain? Uh, He's—he's. Oh no! Well, I mean, well, I wouldn't say he's the main villain for sure. He's at
2: minimum the final boss.
3: Well, yeah, but I wouldn't say Necron is the main villain of Final Fantasy IX. True. Although we can talk about Necron. If <laughs> <more>. well, <laughs> I have a lot of I, thoughts about Necron. Yeah. But but um, but like I mean, uh, like. The old man. Uh, he's he's rough. Like he's an interesting villain because you get to see so much of him with the with the spheres, right? Like you get to see the pilgrimage that he took with Oron and uh Yuna's whatever the fuck his name was, Dad. Broska.
1: Yeah, but, That's oh, no, 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 just kidding. Yeah, Broska. Nope. Braska. <laughs> Yuna's dad. Uh, yeah, but yes. <laughs> God. Oh, I was um, like, both start with Y. <laughs> i I think Jekt
3: is an interesting character. I, I don't know if he's a super compelling villain for me, but i do I do really like the way he's actually introduced in that piece of like sports radio commentary at the beginning yeah. of the game. Um, I love the way he's introduced, and I do love the way that you see his character evolve through Braska's pilgrimage. Um I don't know. like, Ject is a villain in so much as I think he's a representation of Titus's like, wildest insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, at some point, that is what a villain does the best, right? So, I don't know. Like, maybe he is more of an effective villain than I'm I'm really realizing. I, what What do you think, Imran? I
2: think... I'm not sure I would say Final Fantasy X really has... This, like, it has actors that are doing things that... Are perpetuating a cycle th- that basically nobody likes but i don't know that i would necessarily maybe you and, and yevin as the actual villains but jack is just like he as sin he is the main focal point of we need to kill yeah. this thing for mm-hmm. the entire game that doesn't necessarily mean he's an awful evil person but he is the main goal of the as the, the end if you look at protagonists and antagonist by their definition, a protagonist tries to keep the uh, the story moving forward. The antagonist tries to stop them. I don't think anyone in FF Ten really fits that definition, but the closest would probably be Ject.
3: You don't think Seymour is like a like a more active antagonist in that? Regard? No, because
2: I forgot about him.
1: Ah, oh, interesting. interesting. I think of Seymour whenever I think of Claire Piotsuhe.
3: Yeah, I mean Seymour's I mean Seymour is a murderer, like uh you know like,
1: like <laughs> He not, doesn't not, just kill. He not, well,
3: well, I mean there is a distinction there, in my opinion, which is weird. Maybe there really isn't, but it's like if I see a villain on the battlefield killing a lot of people, I go Oh, that guy's bad. If if I if I hear, if I see on a sphere that Seymour is responsible for the death of his own father, I go, "Oh, Seymour's a murderer, huh?" Like that's a different mm-hmm. kind of thing to me. Um uh, Yeah, no, Seymour C- to me is more of an active antagonist, but I mean, jecked as the manifestation of the main character's worst traits and like worst fears is definitely something that i think is interesting um yeah i always think of seymour though i didn't think little, of seymour as a like, shitty little voice
2: that's the thing he, like I, I think of him as like a a blip on the radar Um interesting he shows up occasionally gets his ass kicked and then disappears for a while then that's he, so interesting he comes back he's just the only fight i remember him is the one in like uh kamari's village the one right after that because that fight sucked but right beyond that i he's so cartoonish of all his plans are just terrible. Like, what if I just capture Yuna and make her Sky marry me? Like, cool. That (laughs) that plan seems like it'll work for, like, a second and then has no follow-up. Sure.
1: The thing about Seymour is that he's like a cockroach, right? Like, he just... He leaves and then he comes back and then rinse and repeat. So he just, like... When I think of Final Fantasy X and if I think about its villain, I always think about him just because he's so present and at least i i think about that wedding scene and just how he's not doing something like traditionally villainous or like killing anyone in that moment but it's there's a level of sort of insidiousness in that moment that i am uncomfortable um,
0: he tries he tries to exert like a degree of ownership over Yuna which yeah. is like very creepy. Uh, very creepy and very yeah. like true to life in some ways yeah, and exactly. like, maybe not maybe I'm not sure how well that scene holds up but like it is it is playing on a real life fear for a lot of people.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean it go, kind of goes back to what I was saying about the murderer thing. There are these tan- to, like tangible Aspects of Seymour's character, character. That's like he is a creep that is trying to possess another person. He is a murderer who like killed his, uh, you know, his dad to basically, uh, stop, uh, you know, to to stop any sort of like obstacles that are in his way to do you know what he wants to do. Um, he's also the keeper of a lot of really really big information. So like I don't I think Seymour is. I'm a weird Seymour defender. I think, like, Seymour is a better villain than people give him credit for. But to your point, Imran, I do think a lot of people forget about him, though. Like, I do do think he is not super memorable for a lot of people for some reason.
0: I I will say to Imran's, like, to support Imran here, I think Sin slash Jekt is one of the most, like, mechanically interesting villains in the Final Fantasy franchise. This, like big monster that is constantly evolving. Every time you fight it, it looks different and has different tactics. Yeah.
1: I was like, it would be, it would have been a disservice for final fantasy X to have like a, a really central antagonist, right? Because it's themes are so much bigger than that. Um, It's themes are about like, structures behind religion and like agency and free will and faith and hope and all these things that are so much bigger than any individual person. Um, So I wonder if that's like intentional, you know, that Seymour really isn't like the ultimate big bad, but Jet and Sen also sort of, I mean, they're always present in some way, especially since you play as Titus, but it's not like they really show up that much until the end when you have that final boss fight. So right. Seymour
2: is actually like a, uh, he's a holdover from when the very, very early version of FF10, when the art style was different. And like it was much more like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a Caribbean tropical, like kind of thing. So they changed, um. like they redesigned almost everyone else, but Seymour with like, the tattoos and the big blue hair and all that was, I think, the only thing they really kept from that beta. Or not beta, but, like, the original version.
0: Right, mm-hmm. the original, like, prototype. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. I didn't know that.
2: Me neither. You learn something every
3: day.
0: Oh, wow. Everyone wow. has a shared, like, picture of what that looks like.
2: Huh.
1: Wow.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, huh. that, that is, I think, supposed to be Orin and Yuna.
1: What did you What did you search up to get that image? Uh, FF
2: ten prototype.
1: Okay, for our
3: now, Oren's design got way better. (laughs) I'll say that. (laughs)
1: He, or, here he looks Orans. like a like a hippie. Yeah, know, he looks like a but,
3: surfer dude. He looks yeah. like he owns a poke shop in <laughs>
2: San in, in San Diego or something. I, I actually think the final design of Titus is worse than this. I like I like this design. I was better. gonna
1: say I, I was gonna too, say is yeah. this is this Titus on the left because he yeah. he hot.
3: <laughs> wow, <laughs> Natalie! Wow,
1: he's still oh. cute in the present, but like on the left, like this prototype.
2: <laughs> Who changed um, that? We haven't really talked to anyone in the NES era at all, or like uh, uh, pre-six, yeah. I guess, at all. Can
0: you name one?
2: X Death. I mean, Chaos X Death. I don't know. They were all like. Chaos. They were mostly like deities and concepts before six. Right.
3: Yeah, Cloud yeah. of Darkness. Cloud like, of Darkness. Yeah. Like
1: five, that's just it. Fours, um, fuck what. What's the villain? That's that's Zeromus,
3: right? Zemus and Zeromus? That's four.
0: It's just really not my era of Final Fantasy to a large degree, too. I've not gone back and played a lot of those. Like, I played, uh, uh, I started six and four at various points, and I need to get back to them at some point. I just, like, haven't uh, stuck with it yet. Right. Uh, Um... I would the actual one I was going to talk about, like from my era of Final Fantasy, uh, other than Emmett Selk, who, again, Natalie did a great job of talking about, but he is my favorite of the franchise. And I could talk about him for hours. But another game that I think that Natalie hates, Final Fantasy XII, Vayne Solidor. I think go, is actually baby.
3: like a great Love Vayne Solidor, baby.
1: <laughs> Why do you love the Final Fantasy XII villain? What's what that? Why do you love this Final Fantasy Twelve villain? Tell me about Final Fantasy Twelve?
0: Yo, well, since you're so interested and you sound so interested, Natalie. She's going to take off her headphones and walk away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, my dog is crying.
0: On the bed. <laughs> my very real dog I have. I have a second dog now. <laughs> Uh, actually, Imran, uh, are you, where do you fall on Final Fantasy XII? Because um, I don't think we've gotten your exact take on it.
2: I've never finished it because I think at some point because it's bad. <laughs> I don't think I will. I, okay, the PS2 version I think is bad. The PS2 version has some real problems. Mm. That like, for example, you would go through an hour long desert and then a you cast a spell and a son will just come kill you. And like, yes. mm-hmm, that, that yeah, is like the, the, the
3: aggro, the aggro stuff with those old enemies was rough. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that.
2: And yeah. I think like the, the fast forward and the auto saving and all that jazz and that the, the remasters, like really helped that game a lot. But I think at some point the lack of dungeon design is what kills it for me in that everywhere you go is just a new maze. And, yeah they, they change the textures around they change some small mechanics, like this one has switches and doors, and this one doesn't but like i I don't dislike the game, but I've never found, my, found it in me to actually find the motivation to finish it You should
1: right. couch when I decide to Play it on stream for fan by
2: decide <laughs>
3: quote, decide to play it. No, you're going to be sorry, forced to play it. have been peer pressured. Yeah. We're going to, we're going the controller to your hand and you yeah. to just play it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I plan to do it. So, um, you should join me so that we can both experience the magic. I mean, I, I'll join you. Together.
2: You just have to actually do it. Cause like, yeah, I feel yeah, like you've been talking it. about that since at least January damn <laughs> am I calling you out and it's true John you've been
1: talking about playing Final Fantasy 14 since January
2: God you you, you, you got
3: so tilted Natalie it created this weird <laughs> robot effect in my ears so it's scary um, listen I'll get through it oh fine listen if me getting through uh, uh, all the uh, expansions is is what it takes to get you to do it I'm going to plow through it and you're, then you're going to have to do it so that's, okay. that's going to be the deal <laughs>
1: okay it's it's recorded it is yeah
3: that's fine there are when I get through it, you gotta you've gotta okay. got play final fantasy 12 on screen okay
1: okay right. it's decided what okay uh, steven, uh, steven, why do steven what's the villain
3: <laughs> yeah why do you love Vane solidor because i also love vain but i really want to hear your take on it
0: Vane is interesting to me simply because he is a character that again like up until like the very last moment of the game, he has no magic powers. He has no like in world ending ambitions in any capacity and any kind of like motivation there. He's literally just like a guy who is really good at working a ca- like charismatic guy who is really good at working a crowd who yeah. is trying to get at the top of what he sees as like his like the ultimate ambition that he can have, which is to like lead this empire and kind of like rule the world in the sense of like. In, in the literal sense not like rule the world like I'm a magical god who has like l- you know people worshipping me but like no there is a there is an empire here that is expanding and annexing different countries and stuff like that and I can and I'm very good at that because I poisoned my brothers and sisters and killed them all <laughs> except for one and my father and I can go to these places that we have like um, conquered and I'm very good at getting those people to believe me as a sympathetic ear to their plight I can be i can even as we come in here marching with guns and airships and things to like you know blow up shit and and take over this country i can just stand up on a big stage wearing my nice clothes and say oh yeah i I totally hear you i understand your problems um i'm the cause of those problems but i'm not going i'm going to kind of like very carefully sidestep that and just kind of like say that i'm listening as much as i possibly can and people will eat that shit up at least least like on Yes, exactly. He's he's Fraser or the Democratic Party. I'm <laughs> listening. Um, we, we thoughts and prayers for the people of Delmasca, uh,
3: <laughs> says Vain Salidor. He's a and, he's a politician. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's when you think about it, he's really one of the only ones that they've done this with, and yeah. and like he was, he's a charismatic politician. He gives a rousing speech at the beginning of the game. That's basically essentially what you said of like. Yep, we did take, o- take over, but we are not the monsters, you know, that we've made up, been out to be. And he kind of walks the walk in the early game. And that's what mm-hmm. makes him so scary is that the turn is a little bit gradual, but then it it, it really turns. Yeah. And I love, yeah.
0: We, we get, like, the perspective, too, of his, like, little brother who has lived an entire life with this guy. Yep. Who, has, who knows how to walk that walk and, like, do this sort of thing and is like, well, yeah, he's my big brother. I, I trust him and I believe him. He loves in him. him. He loves him. And yeah. you get that perspective on, like, a person who has lived his entire life l- listening to this person and, like, the slow dawning horror of him realizing, oh, wait, my brother's a monster. Yeah. And, like, the thing that he is doing to all these people to get them on his side is, like, what I have experienced my whole life and didn't realize it because I'm his little brother and I looked up to him and thought my big brother was cool and as he comes into his own and like enters the political world and you know, it becomes like, starts to slowly become an adult which is like a great theme that Final Fantasy can sometimes really do do very well with younger characters, um, he, like, comes into the world of adulthood with the realization, oh, wait, the people that I thought had my back absolutely do not have my back. Like, they n- don't, or they don't necessarily. People who say things don't mean what they say all the time, even if right. you love them.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I think Vain Salvador is a a great villain. I really do. I think underrated. Uh, not to get into spoiler territory, but he he makes a pact that is confusing. Like with with uh, yeah. with supernatural entities. That like I, I think to Final Fantasy twelve's credit, like that you, you talk about like over explaining and under explaining stuff. I love that they leave a lot of the kind of the odd nature of the supernatural stuff in Final Fantasy 12 really kind of up in the air. Like I really yeah. like that. And it wouldn't be an East game if there wasn't some magic shit at the end <laughs> that never gets explained. It never gets explained. <laughs> and like but but I think and and some people really don't like that and and I get that, but like vagrant story Final Fantasy 12 they I think it are really effective at making um making a very lived in real place seem very uh, scary, but based yeah. on these these new these weird new supernatural things that come up, and like Twelve does that really well, right. and, and and Twelve really benefits from being a smaller scale game too, like having the stakes not be. Like, so unbelievably high all the time. Right. Um,
0: You're not trying to stop the world from ending. You're trying to stop a shitty guy from becoming, like, the president.
3: Yeah. Like, that's really it. And, like, it really is, that's to its benefit. And it makes the villain more human and more believable. And I think, scarier if you really want to, you know, step into the shoes of the people that are in this game. So uh, I like Vane Solidor a lot. It's a good pick.
0: And it, it, it plays really well into that. I, I can wrap this up, this part up, too. And we could probably wrap up this whole episode. But, like, yeah. uh, I like that talk about you know, you, your point there, John, about, like, how evilly has this sort of strange cosmic horror element to it that yes. I think that, like, gets glossed over sometimes. Yep. And mm-hmm. Final Fantasy twelve does a really good job of that. But, I, but it's a game with, like, of side content that you never have to touch if you don't want to like Imran, you talked about the different dungeon design and stuff like that and so many of those dungeons are totally optional there's that like i forget what it's called it's like that city of the dead where it's just been like nuked and it's just full of zombies there's this uh secret dungeon where they're hiding the final boss of final fantasy tactics and it's like because it's so hidden behind this like weird vault door there's this element of like oh wait is this like after the events of Final Fantasy Tactics did they seal this thing away under here because they couldn't fully kill it or is this before the events of Final Fantasy Tactics what is this thing why is she here yeah. uh, referring to Ultima the High Seraph who also shows up in Final Fantasy 14 at at one point in a really cool fight and like they're never explained the characters don't know what to do with them and like again they they just kind of seem immortal and timeless and like you can't understand them and because it feels off to the side and like you know cordoned off from the rest of what's going on in final fantasy 12 when you encounter those things it's like what the fuck am i looking at here Yeah, in, right. in a way that is like so
3: good yep it's good sh- it's good shit you should play those evil east games everyone <laughs> yeah i need Stuff's to play war lines Really I started playing game. Vagrant Story this week. I recommend that game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I know that you're playing Vagrant Story this week because I got a message from uh, Natalie that was just like, "I saw John is playing Vagrant Story and not Final Fantasy XIV." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: listen, listen. Sometimes you just need some alone time in a in a labyrinth under the underneath a city. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> right.
1: I was Sometimes. so like I had my my mouse ready to click on the button that says send tweet with the tweet saying, <laughs> replying to that tweet. This isn't Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> like, let me not, especially because he's zooted. Let me yeah. just let the man rest. <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. be sick.
2: Anyway. I was going to ask before we wrap up, does anyone remember who the villain of Final Fantasy 15 is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Arden. Yeah, it's, it's Arden. That, it's, okay. it's that, I, I, it's
3: that dude that looks like a pickup artist. Yeah.
2: I played through that game <laughs> and I don't. Rec- I guess I don't, re- don't recall that story in general, but. Yeah, oh, well, because right. the game sucks, Imran. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: He, so the thing about Arden is that, like, he is in that game, but you don't even know he's, like, the villain or the main villain until, like, the last 10 minutes of the game. And they were like. And we'll explain his story in the last
1: DLC. No, his DLC
2: was the last one that canceled. Yeah. Was it? Uh, which one yeah. was the one that was like canceled then?
1: The Episode Luna Freya one oh, because yeah, Final Luna Fantasy Freya fifteen one. hates women. Mm, I think yeah.
0: there was all I think it was two different women got canceled.
1: <laughs> it was yeah, Luna Freya and, and Aranea, uh, I think.
0: Yeah, Aranea, yeah. Fuck, uh, that game
1: sucks.
3: <laughs> 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 we we do need to have a Final Fantasy 15 episode of the show at some point, but Ooh. I don't know who to have. I mean, I guess Ash liked that game okay. We could have her <laughs> I think on. I have Mike some has people it. in mind, okay.
1: but yeah, I think we we might want to tackle, which I'm sad that we didn't get to today because like, I think that game has... Several fascinating villains, Final Fantasy Nine. But I think that yeah. might be a whole podcast in and of itself, just like its darker themes and existentialism and its dark forces and villains.
0: God, I love nine so much. Yeah, Nine's uh, the best.
1: So we might tackle that one first, but we do have to begrudgingly do a Final Fantasy 15 episode someday.
3: Someday, just for the people. You know what I mean?
1: I'll skip on it just to keep true to the spirit of Final Fantasy Fifteen, just not acknowledging women. Oh, (laughs) okay.
3: So just an all, (laughs) all, all, wow. We're going to have to round up just a bunch of dudes for that one, huh? Okay. (laughs) Mm. Interesting.
1: I'll be here to trash it.
3: (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Well, this episode of 99 Potions that we
0: just recorded is not trash at all. I think it was actually a great time. Thank you all for joining me.
1: I think we spent like a third of it talking about Emmett Selk. <laughs> well,
0: we spent a third of it talking about Emmett Selk and a third of it not talking about villains. Yeah, we spent a
3: third of it unpacking whatever answer you gave to Imran's very clear joke. And then <laughs> Emmett the Selk. But we hope you enjoyed it.
1: And then a good 10 minutes on how John insufferably went around in college telling people that he hates the Beatles.
3: <laughs> 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 yep, that's me.
1: This is why you're here, everyone.
3: It is.
0: Well, I love having you all here for various reasons because you're all great people, great friends, and this is a great podcast. And you are all great listeners for listening to this episode of 99 Potions. <laughs> you can find the rest of our podcasts on fanbite.com slash podcasts. And you can go to fanbyte.casa to join our Discord community. Or you can just go to Twitter and follow at Fanbyte Media to find basically everything because we post it all there. Or just go on fanbite.com, click all the links directly. You don't have to go Go through Twitter. You don't have to give Jack Dorsey anything. He, nope. he owes you shit. He don't owe you shit. He's the worst Final Fantasy villain. Wow, you're he right. Is. He's not even hot. <laughs>
1: He's not um, even hot, and he thinks. A bit- coin will unite everyone.
0: Christ alive. Well, we're going to walk up to the bar here with a nice tall glass of... We, hold, on, here. Wait a wait, wait, hmm. hold on. Wait a second. Wait.
1: Wait. Wait. You love us so whoa, much, but you yeah, skipped whoa, whoa, over whoa. all whoa. of us. The-
0: wow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Natalie. Somebody threw me off my game this week. I, I think Steve would
2: just <laughs> spare me the problem. Like, the bullying <laughs> yeah, yeah, was <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, I've it's a kindness got- for Imran. Yeah. Yeah, Imran, go got, first.
0: Imran's best interest uh, yeah
1: Imran, find, go first
2: you can find me on fanbite.com or on Twitter at Imron <laughs> <laughs> where can people follow
0: you Natalie let's get you out of the way
1: people can find me at <laughs> yeah, let's Hardy.
0: get
3: you out of the way I agree. Yeah.
1: people can find me and my wonderful username that is a Final Fantasy 8 reference at hardemisia on Twitter um I I laugh at emron's not because of the oh my God it's because it's not related to Final Fantasy 8 like duh.
2: Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> no, I laugh out. because it's not like that. There is the important part of, the, the Z stands for Zell. So oh, wow. Really just, you like,
1: picked whoa. literally. Oh, that's so I would,
2: brave of you I would rather
1: that. you just keep it to <laughs> Zelle, my God. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's so brave to admit that your, your username is about Zell. I don't know yell. if you listened
1: to our Final Fantasy Eight Zelle episode, dinked. but we hate Zell here. <laughs> Or at least
3: all John. My homies. How can you all hate Zell. He's hate so Zell. nothing. There's nothing about him at all. Oh, John no. can explain. Chicken wuss. He's terrible. He's just. He's got a terrible Mike Tyson facial yes, tattoo. He's wearing Jinko pipes. He is just a terrible. His hot dog choking. The hot dog face. <laughs> fuck, the hot dog face is the most haunting thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: We spent so long laughing over it.
3: The hot dog face, Imran. If you don't remember the hot dog face, go look up the last cinematic. Jordan, can you get it real
1: quick? please you no, <laughs> uh, do not have time wait, to watch the here, whole ending of Final not Fantasy the whole game. thing
3: <laughs> Zell choking I bet I can find it <laughs> yeah yeah here you go here we go yeah I found
0: it's it it's right
1: iconic away. I knew it was going to be found fast
0: yeah I think, I think John described it as his sleep paralysis demon <laughs> it's my <laughs> sleep paralysis
3: <laughs> demon
2: oh, unfortunately God. there's only one character in that game <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of locked in
3: yeah, there you go rude. there's Zell choking <laughs> horrifying little CG face he
1: looks like Kafka. he does look like Kafka. Like uh,
3: <laughs> this, this is Kefka's origin story we were just talking about like how did Kefka get made and it's like I uh, will destroy the world that produced
0: these choky hot dogs these choky hot dogs no you gotta dip them in water on uh, like
3: Kobayashi you gotta dip it in water on yeah. like Kobayashi you're right
0: Oh, where can people uh, follow you, John, if they uh, want to see Zell's fucking
3: horrible face? You can find me not playing Final Fantasy XIV at uh, <laughs> Floppy Adult.
1: Wow! Um, No, that's. can y- You want to redo that?
3: No, I don't. I'm good.
1: No, you should redo it. You're I'm playing
3: Vagrant Story at <laughs> Floppy Adult.
1: You're zooted, John.
2: Yeah, I'm zooted. I'm loving <laughs> it. I don't know I'm what never, you're saying. I'm never hey. touching that fucking MMO again. Just add Ashley Riot's pants to Final Fantasy XIV and everyone's happy. I'm
0: I'm happy yeah I would love that yeah god they should do a a vagrant story crossover in 14 they should Um, that'd be dope somebody who is always a great crossover when he does stuff with us is Jordan Mallory our producer for this show and you can find him on Twitter at at Jordan underscore Mallory Uh, Stephen where can people find you yeah you can find me on Twitter at, <laughs> at Stevenstrom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M and that is going to do it for us this week. Thanks everybody once again for listening. But before we go, let's do our new tradition and mm-hmm. sidle on up to the potion bar where the potion seller has told us that we are the strongest and we can drink his strongest potions with a big old clink, clink, Clink.